Hello, and welcome to the Survival of the Artist podcast. My name is Justin Sarachik, and you might know me from a number of places. Uh, I've been a journalist since 2011, 2012. Some of you might know me from Broken Records magazine, the print magazine that I ran on Staten Island. Some of you might know me from the Christian Post or Breathecast, where I was an editor. And my hunch, a lot of you would know me from Rapzilla.com, the number one source of all Christian hip-hop. Oh, and some of you might know me from my band, Process of Fusion, that I've been in since 2008. But regardless, uh, music and, and writing has been something that's been a part of my entire life. I've been making music since 2002. Uh, whether as a drummer in a band, uh, a vocalist for my band, a rapper, uh, just writing music with people. Um, I've been involved and I just love music and I cover music and my, my library of CDs and my wall of CDs next to me. Yes, CDs. I have them. I got some cassettes in there too. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of crazy, uh, crazy things going. Hip-hop, rock, some jazz, uh, pop music really weird stuff that I'm not going to tell you about. But anyway, I know I, I like to tweet artist tips on Twitter, uh, which is you can follow me at jsarachik underscore pof. Uh, and it, it got me thinking, you know, a lot of people like the tweets, they share the tweets, they want to know more about perspectives of music and learning about music. And I feel like I have a bit of a platform and a bit of a knowledge in terms of just being around the industry and being around influencers and having some of my own experiences as well. Um, Successes with many failures, as a lot of us will have. So uh, I came up with Survival of the Artist podcast, thanks to a a social media vote. And uh, basically, I'm going to have content creators of all kinds, mostly musicians, I would say, but... I'd love to get video, videographers, uh, YouTubers, um, really, really anybody who's doing something in an artistic space that's trying to survive in 2018, uh, which is, for music, is totally different than even five, ten years ago. Totally different space. Um, so the goal is every single week, or whenever, whenever I put this out, this is this is the pilot. Uh, I want to have an artist. Who comes on and shares their experience surviving as an artist what they do what they've done uh, some of their failures some of their successes uh, their their ways of, of making money inside music and outside of music um, what they have coming and going I, I know most of these artists do, do interviews and they talk about what they're currently working on or where they're going but I want to save that for for those other places. We'll talk about that a little bit, but my main focus is you as an artist, what makes you tick? How are you surviving? What sort of impact can you leave on other people? So today's first guest is, uh, I'd say he's a friend of mine. We'll, we'll ask him if he'd consider us friends. Uh, his, his name is Mowgli the Iceberg. He is part of the Indie Tribe Collective with No Big Deal, Jerry Mana, and What Up RG. Uh, Mowgli is super creative. We actually have a lot in common. He's got uh, a rock background and does hip-hop much like myself. He plays instruments. He likes heavy music. He loves hip-hop. 
He is a genius when it comes to streaming and marketing and that sort of thing. And he's got an album coming out. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll I'll let him tell you about it. But uh, I've heard it. I've had it for over a month already. And uh, he always impresses me. Tumultu, his last album that came out in 2017, uh, was definitely one of my favorites of the year. And uh, without further ado, here is Mowgli the Iceberg. Okay, so we are here with Mowgli the Iceberg. He is on the phone right now. He's here. Say hi. I'm here. This is how you can tell it's not scripted. Here I am. (laughs) This is unscripted. This is... (laughs) And and I I was about to say in the flesh, but that wouldn't actually be correct. Not in the flesh. We've never met. Um, Right. Not once. And in the intro, I said that, that we're kind of friends, but... I said that I would leave it up to you to see if we're actually friends or not, or just internet acquaintances. <laughs> we're, we're, inter- we're, we're internet friends. Okay, we could be internet friends. We do talk a lot. On, this is true. On various on various platforms, except except um, MySpace. Because otherwise, it would just be like Facebook friends or like Twitter friends or so. But but we have the whole internet like expansion. Yeah, we, we do emails and we even do texting. So that takes it that takes it out of the realm of the internet. And now we're on the phone, but this is only the second time we're on the phone. But it's true. It's okay. Th- this really isn't important. This is just this is just me figuring out how to do this show on the fly with you, Mowgli the iceberg, yep. my internet friend. So, <laughs> so, so first first I gave a little intro, but tell the good people, my audience, who are you? What do you do? And what would be your claim to fame, I guess? Okay, so um, I am a rapper and producer and I guess you could say entrepreneur across across uh, those respects. Um, I'm part of a collective called Indie Tribe along with uh, No Bid Dill, Jerry Mana, and What Up RG. Not to be confused with What Up Erg. That's um, what I used to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah his name is rg but um so yeah i mean like i think that i'm pretty well known in the sphere of uh christian hip-hop and also kind of have started to get a little bit of clout with just some uh, general thoughts on practices as far as like uh, navigating it in the music business as an independent artist and that's something i'm very passionate about right I know. I, I see you guys uh, in Indie Tribe always posting clout on each other's stuff. Um, so you, <laughs> you guys are definitely getting clout. And, I, th- you know, for what you just said, it's, it's why I definitely wanted you to be the first person on this podcast. I mean, survival of the artist. How do you survive as an artist? And you seem to always have thoughts and things to say on that. Um, I, I frequently do my hashtag artist tips and try to help artists, whether, you know, submitting music or just trying to be a little more professional. And you, you go more, I feel like, on the marketing ends and streaming and revenue. Um, yeah. So I feel like we can have some good conversations here. Um, but before we really dig into that, and I guess this is all part of it. I mean, you've been doing music for a while. So how long did yeah. it take you to get to where you're at now, where you feel like, I know maybe in in your mind yet 
you haven't reached the ultimate goal that you're trying to get to, but you're in a pretty good spot now. So how long yeah, did it take yeah. you to get there? So, and just for like context, um, right now, actually, I have four days left at my current job um, where like I, I have a paycheck and a salary and stuff like that. And um, four days left of that. And then I'm just working for myself and doing music and other creative endeavors full time. Um, Hold up. So clap, clap, clap. I need a clap button. <laughs> Very nice, man. Yeah, you need the you need the like the sitcom applause button, like the Jimmy Fallon applause. <laughs> yeah, there might there might be too much laughter though. There's this is nothing funny. This is serious. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So I could do my um, fake Jimmy Fallon excitement for you though. <laughs> <laughs> there, the, <laughs> wow! Oh my God! It's great. His, his, but go like, ahead. Face that like kind of has half emotion, but never really commits to anything. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been I've been making music for um over 10 years at this point um and it i don't know it kind of feels like it went through different phases because like i think that there was a long period that was me just like figuring out how to actually make music and because I, I went i like taught myself how to do everything from recording to producing mm -hmm. and writing and marketing and all that stuff so i feel like I had a solid like six or seven years of trial and error just to kind of even get to the point where I could like make something that was worth listening to. Um, and then like, I think that when I put out my Dreamcatcher album, which mm -hmm. is like the first album that most people know by me, but is actually like altogether probably like my sixth or seventh full length recorded project. Right. Um, that's that's when I really started to see like the needle substantially move and and start to get some real real traction and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a common misconception by people too that they think you know every artist album or band's album is their first album. Um, yeah. But and they're like, wow, you know, you're 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 the new artist of the year, and meanwhile you're like, new artist, I've I've been figuring this out for five years this is the first thing I'm, I'm i actually want you to hear or, or i'm proud of letting you hear there's there's some other stuff out there and i know for most artists it's stuff that they don't even want to talk about um some, yeah I mean, some people are different through, i've gone through links i mean there, there's a period where like i think everything for me everything that's up now i'm gonna keep up for like ever because i actually i like the idea of people seeing like how far i've come and like grow and stuff like right, that right. even though that there's there's music that's up right now that i'm not like super super proud of like uh, like i get it for where where i was at when i put it out and stuff but it's like i wouldn't want somebody to listen to that on their first impression of me or anything um but like so i i, I like leaving that stuff up there just so people can see the progression and be inspired by that. But like, like I said, I mean, there's like five or six or seven full length projects before that, that like I, I go to a pretty, pretty solid extent to make sure nobody ever posts on the internet. <laughs> That's like, and I know you're a big uh, Linkin Park fan. Like I yeah. am uh, sp specifically the older stuff, like most people. Um, yeah. I, I went through a period of time where I scoured the internet for every single demo and track and anything that they ever put out, even before they oh, were yeah. Linkin Park, and, and they were called and, Zero and Hybrid Theory. Even I have yeah, songs that, of them even before Chester was there. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that when there, there's a level where you get big enough where there's just nothing you can do. <laughs> you right. know, 
Um, Especially now, because we're, we're talking about when Lincoln Park was like 97, 98, 99, and yeah, how, like how people had, even had, have, like have that stuff. Cassette tape or something. Yeah, yeah, how people even had that stuff is crazy. Now, once you're on the internet, um, that's it. Some, someone's going to have it, and it's there forever. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like, it's, 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 I think that in the, in the most recent phase where I've actually had music that I think is still, like, worth listening to, um, it's taken me about three, four years to get from, like, a point of making that and not making any money at all to being able to basically support myself off of it. That's dope, man. And I'm, I'm going to get more into that in a second. But from where you're talking about, like where you came from and to where you are now, because you said, you know, around 10 years you've been making music. So what are some of the advantages of you as an artist right now, as opposed to even, you know, five years ago when you were still, you know, trying to figure things out? Um, I mean, I think that the the biggest part about me now is that like I have a more kind of I have, I have a better idea of what like it means to have a brand and mm-hmm. to um, kind of stick to that and let that kind of be the primary thing. Um, and that I think that that that's that's something that especially with like people beginning like you 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 don't realize that it's really not about the music like it's not it's like it's kind of about the music but it's really more mm-hmm. of a brand and like an idea that people can buy into and and identify with and um i think that's a huge thing that i have now that i never used to have so what would you if if you could sort of ele- elevator pitch your brand what is your brand how would you brand yourself like in a sentence um i would brand it as uh, like a a honest emotional and creative storytelling and in, 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 in honest emotion uh, honest emotional and creative introspection oh nice it's good you threw that introspection at the end it makes you really seem like you were prepared for this answer you didn't just make <laughs> yes. it up on the fly you actually know what you're talking about you have the brand idea in your head that's a good lesson that you gave you didn't you weren't on the spot right so right so that's that's great so moving on to and i know this is just your favorite topic on twitter and i know i already know you know what i'm gonna ask but it's actually i didn't even write it down in my notes as as a question wait you 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 were you were gonna talk to me about like uh cultural marxism and nihilism and yeah yes and i'm sure and i'm sure philosophical critiques of 21st century philosophers and i'm sure knowing you you have thoughts on that too um, I don't have many on it. Um, so, all right. So it's not even, I don't even have it written down as a question. This is what I have written down verbatim. Let's talk okay. about streaming. You're on another okay. level. That's, that's what I, that's what I have. That's it. Word. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I think that people, you're finding less and less people that are questioning the validity of streaming at this point. Um, like, I, I don't know. There's still some people that are like, man spotify is stealing from artists or whatever but i mean like i I think there's just there's just less and less people that are even thinking that way the bigger Mm. question is just like how do i get started how do i get going and you know what what are the benefits of one platform over another why do they pay different things how do you promote on different things um what is what what's the value of data uh 
th those are all, I think, kind of the more in question, important questions right now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like, I, I think I was kind of somebody that was on the early side, a little bit more vocally supportive of it than other people. Right. But since then, I mean, like, even in Christian hip hop, there's it's just been a huge amount of just growth across the board for the entire genre. And I mean, that's that's kind of just gone across the board for all music, but specifically within our little niche. Um, it, I mean, it used to be like if if somebody had like 100,000 plays on Spotify, that was like a big deal. But that's that's becoming more and more common. And it's not just because like artists are getting bigger, but it's just because like the audience is growing more in that niche. Yeah, and, and I feel like artists and even the way people listen to music is adapting towards these things anyway. Like you really don't have another choice. No, not really. Um and like yeah, I mean I think I think that even recently SoundCloud is becoming they're they're seeing a substantial drop in people listening uh on them and just their total numbers and everything. I mean you don't really see people getting a hundred million plays on SoundCloud, but that's like pretty common for like any popular song on Spotify. Right. And Apple music is gonna be like that soon too at the rate that they're growing um so and I, I think that the big core thing that everybody just needs to realize is that um the the entire like art and everything is it, they're all kind of fighting the same battle like now like artists aren't just competing with artists they're just kind of generally competing for attention and that's something that you know like you didn't have to think about as much before like because now you got to think of it in the sense of like you're competing with netflix and you're competing with like buzzfeed and you're competing with like just people like boonk on instagram just like posting crazy you know attention grabbing videos and stuff like you're everybody's competing for like an audience's minute of their time every day right um and that's all you need from like, you know, 400,000 people a month <laughs> and, and you can have a living. Um, so, uh, I mean, there, there's, a, there's an obvious kind of devaluation of music, I think, that is going on that's concerning. And I don't think anybody really has an idea of how to um, capitalize off things and also keep things of high high like uh value that's non-disposable right and and you're kind of you kind of alluded to not knowing the answer but my next question was you know how does an artist make money in today's industry like it's obviously not coming from music anymore unless you're streaming millions and millions what other right. ways do you survive like you like for instance you're going full-time really working for yourself now so yeah so assuming so, assuming that's not all on music streams, I know you're doing other stuff. So you know, how does an artist make money and and survive basically? Right. So for me, um I'm making about a third of what I need to live off of for like all my bills and like savings mm -hmm. and like I'm I'm basically making a third of what I need off of like Spotify and Apple Music. Um and I'm I'm part of my plan is that I, I hope that that number can increase drastically with my efforts being full-time right. soon. Um, but the licensing is a decent side that a lot of people over overlook. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
Davis Absolute has actually helped me a lot with that recently. Right. I know and, he's great with that stuff. The placements. Yeah, and and I just never really even used to consider that like somebody at my level could be making like over ten thousand dollars a year on licensing and now like that's all just a very real possibility, but you have to treat it like 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 a job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um and and the same the same thing goes with booking. Um I mean and I don't I don't want to get too personal with with, you know, talking about people that I know and their finances. But I there there are several Christian hip hop artists that I'm very close with that are very comfortably in like the twenty thousand dollar a year off booking. Wow. <laughs> like, like situation. And it um it it, it doesn't take a, an awful lot to get to a situation where you can command a thousand dollars a show and stay fairly booked with that. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, obviously with the other things built in that that gives depending on where you live, you know, like I'm I don't know how how much it's actually cost of living living is where you're at up in New York, but it's a lot higher. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it it's not good. I I I trust me when I say that it's probably a lot more than what it cost you to live. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. And right now I'm living in Knoxville, Tennessee, and that's like one of the cheapest places in the nation. And I'm gonna be moving to Nashville here in about a week um, again, and. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a pretty major cost of living increase for me, but it's nothing compared to LA or, or, you know, anywhere that's just expensive to begin with. Um, so, and that that's something that, you know, depending on where you live, that might be a feasibility to, you know, some people just straight up can't pay their bills and rent off like $30,000 a year. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have a family and stuff, that can be more difficult. But uh, for me, that's definitely manageable. Um, and the, the other side of it to me is, is, uh, just using my creative output to, to monetize it for other people. So I'm kind of producing more for other people. I'm ANRing some projects nice. and, um, you know, all that is just kind of secondary income on the side. And for me, I always have the ability to do like freelance video work and, and stuff on the side. And that's something that has kind of unlimited demand in Nashville and, you're, I'm able to make twenty-five to fifty dollars an hour doing it. So um, for me, it's like I, I, I honestly wouldn't be, I wouldn't be quitting my job if I didn't have other things totally non-related to music. I could also just kind of piecemeal together. Because um, in, in Nashville, I mean, even just driving Lyft, you can make like twenty-five dollars an hour. Yeah. Uh, so and and all between like the contract work and like Lyft and things like that those are all scalable sources of income and you know i can just kind of add as much or as little as i need to work around on my own schedule and and be free to go to other cities for extended periods of time or go and do shows or wherever um so that that's kind of the balance that's worked for me and i'm hoping that by giving it the full-time commitment this year i'll be able to just pay for a hundred percent of my living expenses with with streaming and but to do that i'm gonna have to grow my streams by about three times which i grew like 10 times this last year so it shouldn't i'm optimistic <laughs> yeah you're on you're on a good pace and i think i think it's cool as you know to what you were saying uh, a musician nowadays is is sort of like a journalist where 
different jobs are becoming obsolete or very expensive to do. Like now a journalist has to, he doesn't get a cameraman anymore. He doesn't get a yeah. guy with a boom mic anymore. He doesn't get a, a writer, an editor, and a producer. It's just, you know, it could be just a, just a guy with an iPhone filming the video, doing the interview, editing it, and then writing it, you know? Totally. And just like yourself, a musician, you, you know, you do your own production. You've done your own videos. You've done, you know, you have your own studio that you set up. So, you know, the more things that you can get done, it's the less expenses you're going to have. The more, the more skills that you have, the more valuable you're going to be. Like if, if like if me as a journalist, if I were to just show up at a place to get a job and, and I can, I only know how to write. I, I don't know how to work a camera. I don't know how to do basic video editing or audio. I, I don't know how to, you know, use, use a, a flash drive and upload crazy files. They're, they're not going to hire me. They need people who know how to have a different set of skills. So you just have to be well-rounded because, you know, anyone can do your job. I, I always say that, say there's a fire on, on your block and the news isn't there, but some 10-year-old kid runs outside with his parents' phone or even his phone nowadays and films it and then uploads it to Facebook and now that video went viral, that 10-year-old kid just broke a story before the news even got there. So what, do yeah. you, what did you even need the news for to get there? That a little kid just did your job, basically. So you, have to, you just have to be able to, to move and know how to do different things. And the more skills you have, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, I think that's just a general rule for life, to be honest. Um, I, I think that's there's a lot of opportunity for people that can be flexible and dynamic and the ability have the ability to like gain and like develop different skills as they move through, through their careers but um yeah another big thing is for me like i can basically make music for no cost because <laughs> I, I can't right. record myself and like produce myself and do all that type of stuff and um i've i've actually brought a couple new producers in um to my workflow so i can increase my output um and that that's that kind of hits me a little bit more into the, the amount of profit i can make just straight from my music but right. it's definitely a sacrifice that's worth making when when i consider the output that i'm able to achieve yeah because i i know like production there's producers and then there's artists and both of them are doing it full time and now if you're doing both you know it's now you're doing two jobs. Yeah, and, yeah, and the the thing now is that I, I'm I'm really convinced that the market just rewards uh, high quality, high frequency. But what what that means to me is that rather than like releasing a twenty song album at once, it really makes more sense to break that up into a couple smaller projects that are just really right. concise with no filler and just consistently just drop good music. You yeah. know, not not dropping one thing and then waiting a year or two and then dropping another thing. Like, unless you're somebody that's really established, there's a very strong chance that you're just going to be forgotten and irrelevant in that amount of time. Because like the, the attention, the attention spans are so short and things are continuing mm -hmm. to move and develop so quickly. Like, even like three months on internet time might as well be a year. Right. You already need a new single or a new project announced. Because people yeah. are for, forgetting, so that, that and you know, like it's it's just uh, especially on platforms like Spotify. Um, I mean, 
they give so much algorithmic promotion for people that have good momentum and they give you more momentum when you have newer songs out so if you always just if you're dropping something every like 90 days or so like you're you're gonna see a good amount of continual just growth as long as the, the music is connecting with people um the algorithms on the playlists and stuff are just going to recommend you to more and more people more and more people are going to follow you and things just kind of tend to um expand exponentially at a certain point right and it's going to keep people coming back because there's always something kind of fresh by the time they they outplay that one or two singles now there's two more that they can listen to so right definitely makes but sense. like if you if, if you if you drop if you're out here dropping like 20 song migos like albums <laughs> like you know like most of those people aren't going to give you the time of day especially like if you don't have a reason like the, the thing the thing that like i always just stress to people the most is just like you got to give people a reason to care and like for for most independent artists like your average person has zero reason to care about your like hour and 40 minutes of music like why would they give you that time and there's so many other more interesting things that they can do with that time like how can you expect anybody to, to give that to you like time is the most important thing you know right 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 and uh, so I guess with that being said, what is, I guess, do you have any artist hacks for up and comers and for indie people, some way that they can hack the system to help themselves in their favor? I mean, like, the, I mean, this sounds like it, it sounds like a lame answer because it's not super like specific, but I think it's a perfect answer because the real things in life are are diff the specifics are different with every situation um but i mean i think it's just like finding the way you need to find who your audience is and then find out how that audience likes to discover new music and then give those people a reason to care about your new song or your new project so like for me like i studied like christian hip-hop like a lot and i found out mm -hmm. like especially at the time that um i was starting to really get my feet wet into it um you know rapzilla was pr pretty much the undisputed like discovery outlet and community so it was pretty obvious to me like that's where i needed to be let's make a game plan to one um find out how i can tap into this audience and um, then after I found out how I could tap into the audience, I did my did the best that I could to guarantee that I would have the exposure. Then after I guaranteed I was guaranteed I could have the exposure, which for me just straight up started out with having to run some ads on their site. Um, mm -hmm. so I knew I could get in front of eyeballs by doing that. But just because I, I knew I could get in front of eyeballs didn't mean that they had any reason to care. So then I had right. another problem I had to fix. So at that time, that meant um, getting paying for some features for some people that were relevant, that had good following. So even if you don't care about me, you know, there are a substantial amount of their audience that are going to care about those people. So I'm at least going to get a click and I'm at least going to get a listen. And that's the point where I have to make them care about me, by, but just by delivering a really solid performance. Um, and, you know, I was able to kind of use that strategy to get enough of momentum with my own fans to 
kind of get the ball rolling and that's always the hardest part so i think that that formula of you know finding out where where the audience is you know how to make the audience care and trying to control as many variables as possible i think that perform i think that formula works for everybody but like you know that formula is going to be different for everybody too and some some things are just harder because not all genres or or niches of music have a rapzilla type of outlet that can provide that for them like i was trying to work with some of my friends that do like alternative rock right now but you know i'm like dude i don't know where people discover new alternative rock at this point (laughs) you know yeah so like you might have to literally make that audience yourself and you're gonna have to change the details in that way yeah i i think that's an important thing you said and not not because uh you know, full disclosure that I work for Rapzilla. Um, so telling people go buy ads, but it's important as an artist that you make an investment in places that are relevant. Like I, right. I've, I've been in a band for almost 10 years and I've paid to have our music placed on certain websites. And mm-hmm. I can honestly say I've made a, a couple of mistakes along the way. You know, you pay 150 bucks, 200 bucks. You don't really do your research they post your stuff and nobody sees it because the website maybe gets a hundred visitors a month and they're just, they're just more so looking to make money. But when you see a website like Rapzilla that legitimately has a huge ravenously hungry fan base who goes crazy on certain things and, and whatever, you know, at least whether positive or negative that they are engaged. So you know, that might be worth your investment. Not, not the blog that says, Oh, you know, we have, you know, cheap ads for a hundred bucks, but only 50 people see it. So it's, it's yeah, about, and and it's I trial mean, like, and error. Yeah. To that, to that extent, like you really just have to, you have to study whatever community or audience you're going for. And you really just have to be honest with yourself. And, you know, I think that a lot of people, what they tend to do, and I've, I've done this in the past too, is that whenever they see an opportunity, like they tend to like romanticize that opportunity to make it better than it is. And you can actually even fool yourself into spending money in foolish ways just because you want, it's like your own confirmation bias. You want something to work. You want to have found a way so bad. Sometimes you just look over things that like don't even make sense. And um, like, you just got to be realistic. And like, that's something that in hip hop, like a lot of people, I think fall victim too, especially with really big names. Like, I mean, I've had I've had Double XL post my music and write articles about me before, but they never, none of their 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 stuff did as much as what Rabzilla did for me. Even though like Double XL has, you know, however many millions of followers on Twitter, right? <laughs> you know, like it it just doesn't mean anything because that wasn't the most um, focused demographic and audience for what my brand was trying to reach right it's it's where people are looking for you where where and where you know they'll find you pretty much yeah so i mean like if and yeah i mean and sometimes the only people for you know i think that another example of this right now would be like if you're not a christian rapper and you're just like a if you're going with like the new wave and like the clout stuff like the the lyrical lemonade channel on youtube is like the most desire like that's the most 
equitable investment you could possibly do like whatever you have to do to get a music video by cole bennett that's your guy that is your biggest chance that is your target demographic you know that's such but, a nice name lyrical lemonade yeah that's nice but i mean like he <laughs> his he basically blew up little pump he blew up little skies he blew up, blew up little zan um you know all, all these people that are making like huge names for themselves now um but you know and even though if you can identify where that audience is getting onto it and tapping into it is can be another another question and sometimes right. things are just like you know like if they're only working with people that are at a certain level or you have to pay them so much money you know there are certain types of like hood rap and like just type of like just trap stuff that world world star hip-hop is like your best demographic but right. you're gonna have to pay ten thousand dollars to get on their youtube channel you yeah. know like look at someone but like riffraff riffraff has yeah. a career because of world star yeah and if that's your brand that's where you need to go but you know you, you might have to spend ten thousand dollars to take a risk by um put going on their music on their youtube with your music video um and you know then that's another that just lays out another sort of challenge it's like okay this guy cost you ten thousand dollars do you have ten thousand dollars how do you get ten thousand dollars can you get an investor can you do this can you save with this amount of time at your job can you hustle this that you know the the variables are different for everybody but the, i think the formula is still the still the same okay all right let's let's take a hard a hard turn and talk about yourself for a minute what what do you feel in your mind would be your biggest success and what is your biggest rock star moment as an artist? Hmm. Um, my biggest success so far has probably been my last album. Um, Tumultu. Tumultu. That, yeah. yeah, that, that one, um, it, it was my first like iTunes charting album and it hit it hit 26 um which it, i mean is obviously the best i've ever done and uh, i mean i know there are people that have done better but that's that's probably my most successful like moment mm -hmm. i mean that 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 one i mean just lots of things like double xl got involved with that one um I, I worked with artists that i wanted to work with for a long time like on cue and reconcile on that one right um that that album was the first one that like broke me into like hundreds of thousands of plays on songs and music videos um so that's that's the biggest thing but i'm very confident that my next ep is gonna do better in every regard so to in my mind that's already my biggest accomplishment um okay and probably probably the most rock star moment has been able has just been like some of the interactions that i've had with like um musicians that i've looked up to like a lot growing up so um i've had some um interactions with uh the singer of pod on twitter hey sunny he, he uh yeah sunny co-signed my cover of the song so that was cool um i don't know if you ever listened to the band pillar oh of course man of course <laughs> yeah so um yeah, funny story their their guitar player actually goes to my church and which one um, noah yeah yeah okay uh, and I've, I've had I've had some pretty cool moments um, of some like validation like with with people like that too. So um, and I still have some goals. There, there there there's some people. 
there, there's like a list of people that like are people that I listened to growing up that I still want to do a song with. And at the very top of that list is probably like Mike Shinoda, but that's probably not. Oh gonna happen. man. So <laughs> y- you want to collab? I mean, as much as I'd love to collab with Mike Shinoda, you're, you're um, a much better artist than I am. So I would just like to interview him. I would love right. to just talk, just get in a room with them and talk to him. I, I won't even write anything. I just want to ask him questions for myself. You're, you're just for your own personal enjoyment. Right. I don't, I don't care. It don't have to be a story. That's just for me. Um, you know, it, it's funny you talk about Sonny. I don't know if you remember, and I don't, I don't want to take credit for this, but I, t- I think I tweeted your cover at him. I think you did, yeah. And then he responded, and you didn't see it, so then I tagged you in it. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what happened, yeah. <laughs> So I get the clout on that one. Clout, clout, you did, clout. You did, you got some clout <laughs> no, no, but Sonny's cool. I've, I've interviewed Sonny, I think, three times. Um, and Sonny will always remember who I am because I told him the most ridiculous story ever. Uh-huh. Um, but he always remembers. So w- and whenever I've spoken to him, I've said, hey, I'm the guy who told you. And he's like, oh, what's up, man? So that's my thing. I'm just that guy. Um, so going from your success and rock star moments, if – if you don't oh, and I'll, I'll add oh. one more Rockstar moment. Like okay, the got last, it. The last like five or so shows I've done, I haven't done a lot of shows in the last year, but the last last several that I've done, there's always been like multiple people that have known like all the words to to like my songs in like different cities, like pe- like total strangers. So I think that's probably like, one of the coolest things. And you rap fast too, so that's hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so terrible at stuff like that. Um, so on the reverse side, if you don't mind sharing, what would, what would you say musically has been your biggest failure or your biggest regret? Um, I mean, definitely just, and that's because, I mean, it's kind of hard to say because like on, from one perspective, I could easily say like the first like five or six projects that I did were all just miserable failures, (laughs) but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I regret them because I learned from them a yeah, lot. Yeah, you grew. So, um, but I don't know. In that, in in that sense, I think that, um, I think that I probably could have been more focused on like not, yeah, like how I was saying before, like that, like confirmation bias when it comes to marketing and think thinking like really hyping myself up too much, and like falling like falling into some of my own hype and not looking at things objectively i think uh that led me to spend some money really foolishly early on right and not not take the just everybody everybody wants an answer anything than just working really really hard (laughs) you know everybody wants a shortcut and i think that if i would have just not believed some of the hype and just worked even harder early on i think i would have saved myself a lot of money and and not wasted as much valuable time okay so now here's something that i'm sure you'd love to talk about tell me about sad people make dope music (laughs) word um so sad people make dope music is uh an ep that is releasing on april 13th and um for me like I always like after a project, I always go into like a post album depression <laughs> and like where I'll be trying to make music and everything just sucks. And I'll be like, man, I'll never be able to make anything as good as this or anything like that. So that kind of just it put me in a really bad spot for a while. Um, and ultimately, that kind of led me to 
kind of get back to like fundamentals of music making mm-hmm. and that was one of the decisions for me that like drove the decision to outsource some of the production for the first time and um because for me like i when when i'm doing everything when i'm mixing everything and working on an entire beat it's like i can start to get a little bit more relaxed with details with like my actual rapping and delivery and writing because i'm so focused with like how a snare sounds yeah or you know whether or not my tone on my 808 is like right or whether or not i'm i like like the the eq on this specific synth or if i like the tone on that and there are like so many things that i'm just like picking apart like crazy i can lose focus and dedication on some equally as important parts so um i was able to just hook up with this producer named scott who is just a beast um and he was able to just lace me up with some tracks that were already like exactly what i wanted and that just left me room to work on my fundamentals as like a rapper and a writer and work on my tones and my cadences and stuff so um all that said i think that this is definitely the best music i've ever made um it's 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 my like it's also kind of a statement for me because like part of the way i finessed myself into momentum was through selective features Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and um this this is my first project with no features so like this is all just it's me and i'm using that opportunity to really just kind of let you know who i am so I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. Awesome. And I know on as far as your albums that are up, this is you have your second cover of a rock band. Yeah, yeah. So talk, talk um, about that for a second because I think I think people are gonna be very upset or surprised or they're gonna they're gonna have some sort of emotion, especially like a real like hip hop dude. Um yeah. so may, maybe explain your under oath cover. dope so um for me like i mean mainly my two biggest favorite genres of music growing up were always like metal and hard rock and rap um and i always like would go back and forth over like what i would listen to the most um and i think a lot of people are like that i mean most people listen to multiple different things but so for me i like was really inspired by like kind of some of the new wave people that have been um coming up like Lil Peep and Lil Tracy and even people like Black Bear and Post Malone that have incorporated more of like other types of genres rock and grunge and stuff into hip hop right um and I've I've been kind of dabbling around with that type of stuff for a while but it kind of finally feels like people are ready to accept it <laughs> um so um for me, I'm really trying to just like branch out and create really unique music. And I'm still kind of figuring out how to do it. Like how's the best way to blend rap sounds and rap production with like rock vocals or vice versa. Um, so like these covers for me is like a way that I can experiment with the sound of something without the pressure of writing like an amazing song, because if I'm covering it, I, I know it's an amazing song. So yeah. then it's just like, it's like, it's kind of a, for me, it's like a technical exercise of figuring out how to create a new format of music. And once I'm fluent in that format, then I can start writing. 
you know so i'm it, it's, it's kind of me just like experimenting and trying some combinations of sounds and genres that haven't been done before at the same time i, I just love the songs and it's kind of like a way for me introduce to introduce some of the stuff i'm really passionate about with the people that like my music so so far the reactions i've got from the people that have listened to it early have been really positive like nice. people um people get really nostalgic some people like can't put their finger on it they're like <laughs> i think i've heard this before but i don't know where um and other people are like oh my gosh under oath is like the band of my soul like, <laughs> like and and for those people it's like we're bonding almost as friends you know it's like when when you like you know the feeling when you have a friend and y'all have like the identical taste in music yeah like, yeah there's something kind of this deeper that goes on there and and you know it's definitely unique and it's polarizing and i know that some people are like really turned off by the style of singing or streaming or whatever but um i'm cool with that i know not everybody's gonna like it and but i do think that regardless of whether or not somebody's gonna love it or hate it they'll probably talk about it so that's a win for me for sure and and when i when i saw it i purposely i i, I left it for last when you sent me the album i was like i'm not gonna jump ahead and listen <laughs> i'm not to gonna it. jump ahead so, yeah so I actually thought that you were going to do a kind of like a hip hop version of it. And when you, and then when I heard, it, I was like, oh, he just straight up did a cover of it, which I was not expecting at all because doing a straight up cover it, cover of it was probably actually harder than throwing a hip hop twist on it. And, totally. I, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if, if this is public record, so I, I cannot keep this in if you don't want me to, but you hurt yourself doing this yeah, track like, really bad <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you substantially ruined the quality of your life because you wanted to do this exercise <laughs> yeah so um yeah and and i mean like people can figure it people can hear it here first i don't care um but yeah so um i gave myself a hernia screaming on that track recording it and i mean to, to be to be completely honest the hernia was probably there to begin with but like just the extra exertion, that was right. the moment where it actually like became a problem. <laughs> was there a particular so, scream that you did where you felt it immediately? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, it was after the long scream at the end of it. So like at the end of the bridge, um, it's just a really long scream before it goes into the last hook. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the timestamp on that so but. so you can hear your actual anguish in the song right it's yeah, a scream it's a, it's a yelp it's not a scream it's a yelp of ah well you know it, it actually it didn't it didn't really hurt when it happened but like i i took a shower right after recording it because i was recording so long i got like really sweaty um and that like i was in the shower and sometimes i get these ingrown hairs around my belly button or something around there and they'll like turn into almost they look like pimples or they, they just get all big and whatnot um so i'm like dang it i got one of those ingrown hair and then i was like this feels different and then i just <laughs> kept poking around a little bit more and i'm like wait a second i shouldn't be able to poke this back in what's happening and it didn't <laughs> actually it didn't actually hurt but like it just felt weird because i could feel like my finger go into this hole in my abdominum and like i almost like like got queasy just like feeling it's like oh my gosh my finger is like in my chest like what's going on yeah um so yeah i had to have surgery and that that basically it, it sucks because um Basically, all the profit that I made off Tumultu went to just like paying medical bills. Ah oh, man, 
<laughs> was it worth it though? I mean, I think it was worth it. Okay. <laughs> I think it was worth it. My, Definitely the highest production value on my, the track. My my band did a cover of uh, "It's Dangerous Business" once by Underoath, and we were practicing. Oh yeah, it. dude! I thought about covering that one, but that song's so depressing. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> I was like, this song's kind of like I was like reading the lyrics and like finding out what it's actually about, and I was like, dang, this song's kind of messed up, dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I did it. I I did, my band did a cover, and I brought in one of my friends who's a really good screamer, and we kind of like co-screamed it because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to do the whole thing, and there, there was at one point where I was screaming in practice and I thought my my head was going to explode. And I was like, how do people do this every night for like 270, 300 days on a tour? It's insane. But, you know, straight up though, like I, I've been, because I hurt myself, like I've been, uh, I've been working on my technique a lot. And right, like, it's all when, technique. when you know, yeah, when you know how to breathe and stuff better, honestly, like screaming is easier than rapping. Yeah. Like as far as like the effects of like on your throat and your vocal cords and everything, yeah, you have to do it yourself right. out. It's easier to scream than it is to rap. Yeah, and I I figured it out eventually, but I don't really scream too much for my band, um, just occasionally. So, um, but oh yeah, so this is you could just give me a yes or no. Okay. Uh, new under oath song, yes or no? Good. Uh, yes. 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 I agree. We'll talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> but uh, all right, so. We're pretty much at the end. So what what's uh what's next for Indie Tribe? If you can tell me what's happening, and I'm not sure when exactly this is gonna come out. So right. So okay. Um. Well, I'm putting out my. I have some singles that are releasing from my new EP up until the release in April, and I think that Dylan might have something coming out out around that time as well. Yeah, I've been but, seeing his Instagram. Um, He's looking. He looks kind of busy. That's, yeah, that's all, he's, he's, that's all he's, you see. Him and RG and Jerry are very, very busy. So before, you know, this spring and this summer, it's definitely going to be a lot of content from all of us. That's that's all I can say. Okay, good. And what would be your final key to the survival of the artist in 2018? Um, Be flexible and be willing to learn. Because, like, the cool thing is, is that nobody knows what they're doing. But the cool thing is, is that that means that you have just as good of a chance as anybody else. So, like, if you if you're diligent and you're passionate, and you can find something that works, you can be an authority on it. You know? Yeah. And uh, I I think that that that's really cool. It's like it's like leveling the playing field. All right, and and that's a wrap on the first episode of Survival of the Artist. Special Dope, shout man. out to Mowgli the Iceberg. My, Dude, it was a blast. My internet friend, talking <laughs> talking about new music, uh, Under Oath, Lincoln Park. We 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 covered everything. Streaming. H- how do you make money? Because you know people like money. It seems to be right. pretty pretty important. Um, slight slight detail. <laughs> slight slight detail on on. That's probably the number one key. Make money. Um, so yeah, man. Thanks so much for uh, for being my uh, my test subject on this first episode. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but. Um, it, oh, it, sooner sooner than later sooner than later sweet um so everyone oh real quick where where could everyone uh check your music out um just literally search modley the iceberg you won't find M-O-T-L-I, another one <laughs> like anywhere <laughs> because i'm the only one in the world yeah and and him and i had a, a long conversation about that in a rapzilla article if you want to find out the origins of his name you can uh, hashtag hyperlink here. Yeah, hi- hyperlink below, wherever below may be. 
and <laughs> you 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 probably won't even need it because you'll you'll figure out quickly that Mowgli the iceberg is the only one. It's iceberg, not with an e though, with a u. Right. Not you know I don't think that even makes a difference at this point. It, because... Yeah, it probably won't. It probably won't. <laughs> but uh, all right, so that's it. Thanks, man. Mo- no problem, move on with your life. Make some music. Eat some food. Do whatever you got to do. That's enough of your time. We're just about to hit the hour mark. Well, I guess from what I have recorded about the hour mark. Dope. All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. You too. Bye. So special shout out to Mowgli the Iceberg. Um, that was a great interview. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, it's It's been about 55-ish minutes so far. Uh, probably cut a little bit down. I know when I took my poll between 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and an hour, I think the consensus was about 45 minutes. Bear with me. My intro was longer than normal because I was introducing myself. We're going to get the formula down. Uh, so as Mowgli said, you don't really even have to drop any links anywhere. Just look up his name. You'll find them. Tumultu is a great project. Go stream it. Look out for sad people make dope music check out that under oath cover of reinventing your exit that we were talking about um you can catch me on twitter at j sarachik underscore pof uh it's the letter j and then s-a-r-a-c-h-i-k um shout out to rapzilla shout out to my band process of fusion check us out uh we are a progressive rock metal band with some hip-hop influences in it i am one of the vocalists of the band we've been doing this for about 10 years 10 years this year coming up uh we do have a show on march 9th our first show in like a year so we've been practicing for it we're in the studio we've been working on an album for two years because there's five of us and we all have full-time jobs and things to do and we record two hours away And as you know, it's very expensive to record, especially when there's five people and you're recording 14 tracks. We're doing the exact opposite of what Mowgli said. Um, But it's been a a long time coming for this album, songs that we've been working on, some of our best work. Um, But that's enough about me. Thank you so much for listening. Survival of the Artist Podcast, episode one is a wrap. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Share, like. Tell me what you hated. Uh, Tell me what you liked. Unfollow me on Twitter if you thought it sucked. I don't care.